Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey with Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas here previewing Michigan against Maryland to open the Big Ten season. It's getting real now. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to drop a like. Let's get this video to 500 likes. Uh, like this if you think Michigan is going to cover a 17-point spread this weekend. So go and do that. Thanks to everyone listening on the audio feed as well. Uh, Michigan obviously dominant so far this season, non-conference schedule. The ranks dead last in the country, according to ESPN, uh, outscoring opponents 113 to nothing in the first halves of games. Uh, 14 of those 17 points allowed have come in the fourth quarter. This has been uh, about as good as you can get, regardless of the opponent. Um, so let's break it down, talk about Maryland, um, and you know, kind of what this first real test-ish is going to present. Um, Maryland offense, uh, you know, can be explosive at times, has been pretty good, uh, not living up to expectations, according to you know people in College Park. Um, what do you guys see first impressions of that Maryland offense and what they kind of bring to the table? I see what we usually see, right? We see an explosive quarterback and some great receivers and guys that usually don't get it done against the better teams on the schedule. It's a poorly disciplined team. I think they had 15 penalties last week. Last year, they were 81st in the country in penalty yardage. Uh, in, a, in a bad way, guys. I think it was 57 per game. So, and it's higher against uh, against better teams. So, this is frankly a team that Michigan should beat. I think they're better coached. So, uh, even when Maryland came in here and won and beat Brady Hoke in 2014, I think they had 320 yards of offense or something like that. So, uh, I would expect Michigan to put a lot of points on the board, assuming. J.J. McCarthy stays healthy, which, of course, we would expect, you know. So uh, that offensive line needs to be better. Exactly. That offensive line needs to be better protecting him, especially now with Cade McNamara out. It, you don't really have a backup that's played significant minutes. And, you know, for all that talk that, oh, wow, you know, the backup, uh, David Warren is better. You know, he's never played a meaningful snap in a game. That's where you need a guy like Cade McNamara in there. So we aren't expecting that obviously, but I'm looking for a little bit less read option, right. With JJ McCarthy. And if they do run it, tell him, get your butt down kid, you know, slide. So, and I expect him to have a big game. I think that offense is going to put up close to 50 points this week. Yeah. They might not eclipse 50, which would be disappointing for some, <laughs> given the fact that they just scored what 160 points in three games, whatever it was. So yeah, that was, that was a historically light non-conference schedule. Uh, people who have criticized it, I think are, I mean, you can only play the team that's in front of you, right? Uh, Jim Harbaugh doesn't schedule the games. I think that the criticisms, the questions, the concerns people still have are warranted. And, and But that's in the past now. Uh, you have an opportunity to start creating actual narratives once you get into conference play. And Maryland is a team that, uh, when you look at what they do from an offensive perspective, they are similar to Colorado State in that they like to run that air raid style of passing offense. So Michigan has, at least on film, uh, seen that, prepared for it so far this year. Um, yeah, Maryland, it, it's going to be one of those games where finally the athletes start to even out a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, this this is still a Maryland team that doesn't play defense all that well, uh, has never won a big game under Mike Loxley. Uh, always, 
you know, I can't say they were a preseason darling, but it's always, well, you know, if, if the offense can lead the way and you never know, no, I don't, I don't know if this is a program that is cut from that cloth uh, to, to win it, come into Ann Arbor and win a game like this. They might make it competitive. I mean, it was about this time last year where we saw Michigan struggle in a game against Rutgers, which wasn't expected. I think they were a 17 point favorite in that game too, or, or close to it. So you never know what could happen. Uh, this team hasn't really been pushed around yet. I would like to see Maryland, you know, you would assume every, Michigan's going to get everyone's best game. Would love to see how Maryland comes out uh, and see if they can put up a bit of a fight early and challenge these guys. But this is where narratives start to get written. Uh, not that we don't have takeaways from what we think this team can be based on the first three weeks, but this is this is a matchup where you still should be able to win rather comfortably, but we're going to find out just where this team is at. For sure. L- looking at this Maryland offense, it's interesting because – the receiving core was like the big reason coming into the season, why everyone was so optimistic about maybe they could take the next step or maybe they could actually produce against some of the better teams on the schedule. And then talking to George Gerbo uh, of the Washington times who, you know, covers them closely. He says the wide receiving core has been actually a little disappointing and it's been more Talia Tagovailoa uh, who has been better than normal. He's completing 77.3% of his passes. Uh, You know, again, they haven't played, a great schedule. They played an SMU team that's expected to be okay for, you know, a group of five type of team, you know, top 40 team maybe in the country if you look at some of those rankings of, you know, but it's still early to tell who anybody really is. But they do have a pretty loaded receiving core on paper. Um, Dante Demas, Jay Sean Jones, Jacob Copeland, the Florida transfer, Rakeem Jarrett, the only guy who's really performing uh, so far close to 200 yards and had a pretty big game last week. So, you know, I do think they could have some success. We saw it last year against Michigan in that third quarter when they kind of got some of that momentum going, had 200 yards just in that quarter. But then, you know, Talia makes a mistake, and it's kind of the same story for them against good teams, you know, throughout the Mike Loxley era the last few years. So I kind of think we're going to get something similar there, but I am excited to see how this Michigan defense responds to a team that is going to play a little up-tempo. They can run the ball. Uh, a little bit you know they've they've run it actually better than people thought they were going to coming into the season losing all their running backs and you know is the Michigan run wall as Jim Harbaugh has been touting the last few weeks going to hold up Uh, if it does then you're going to have to force Talia Tagovailoa into some tougher situations Um, you can kind of blitz a little bit pin your ears back and that's kind of how it's going to go I think in, in terms of you know they're they're going to get punched in the mouth like Anthony you've been waiting to see for a couple of weeks now and we all have uh, in my opinion and it's going to be up to them to kind of respond make adjustments do some of the things we haven't had them you know they haven't had to do to this point um, but you know Mike Sainer still is going to be tested for the first time against some really good receivers Rakeem Jarrett is going to line up in the slot and you know he's going to have to cover him all day long excited to see how he responds, and then you know the rest of the secondary will have to cover as well because they have a lot of options. But um, in the offensive line's pretty good too, guys. Look, going through their offensive line, they got some NFL prospects. Uh, they're a lot of fifth-year seniors, a lot of regular seniors, so that's something to watch too. They might be able to get some push, and uh, and that's something to watch for. But anything else on 
Maryland's offense before we talk about uh, the Michigan offense a little bit more against their defense? Yeah, it's good enough that our Clayton safety picked him to score 31 on this Michigan I did. game. So 42-31. You, I mean, I you foreshadowed our, our picks, but I yeah. I did, yep. So, uh, and that's fine. But I, it's I, it's going to be a struggle for them to get there. You know what? It's never really about the individual, individual pieces with Maryland against good teams. It's about how they do as a team, and they, they generally never put up a whole lot of points against good defensive football teams, really good defensive football teams. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Right. So uh, what was the score against Ohio State last year? I think it was like 66 to 17 or something like that. Something like so, that. Yeah. And even if even if they do, I think Michigan's going to put up enough points where they're going to they're going to be able to match them. So I, I think the key for Maryland is to have some success early. I think they're going to move the ball early. I think their key to success is to score some touchdowns early, not stall, not have to result in, in field goals with their offense. So if they can do that, I think they can hang around a little bit. But I think this Michigan deep defense, Michigan offense is just too, too athletic, too talented for them on both sides of the ball. I think Michigan pulls away and wins comfortably. Yeah. Maryland's best shot in this game. Like we know how explosive they can be through the air, but it's going to be can Michigan, you know, they've had some success on the ground. This Roman Hemby is a true freshman. Uh, he's averaging 9.2 yards per rush so far this year. He has a 70 yard run on his resume. They have uh, Antoine Littleton has a 59 yard rush. Colby McDonald has a 49 yard rush. So these guys, there is some explosion to their uh, their running game too. And that Hemby, who I mentioned, is also kind of a threat to catch the ball in the backfield. So um, I think that this will be a game where I think Maryland probably knows that its best shot is going to be doing the things it does well, um, which lands on Tagovailoa and his passing offense to kind of air it out. But that just means there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Michigan's pass rush to uh, – you know, to take care of that on dropbacks and to get after the quarterback. They haven't been super disruptive. I mean, they have been disruptive, but the sack numbers haven't been there. The pressures haven't quite been there since that opening game, which come to find out Colorado state might have the worst offensive line in all of college football. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about getting off the field. I mean, best case scenario uh, for Michigan is that you just kind of shut these guys down. But if Maryland is moving the ball, you just hope that you get a turnover here somewhere or get off the field on a third down. But I don't think that – I mean, offensively is where Maryland can make this a game, but uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the defense, uh, Maryland's defense and how Michigan stacks up there. But um, I do think that Michigan – if they're if, if Maryland's plan is to get in a shootout with Michigan, I think that that's bad news for Maryland, to be frank with you. And let's be clear here, Michigan's got the special teams edge. It seems like they always score a special teams touchdown on these guys, right? And I think they have in the last two games anyway. So when we say always, you know, at least it's been the last two games. And with the the kicking game, you know what? I think they negate the return game. Any any potential returns that might be an equalizer for Maryland with Brad Robbins and Jake Moody on his kickoffs. You know what? This is one of the games where I think you say just booted into the end zone. So uh, I like Michigan in every facet in this game and very, very interested though, to see how the Michigan defense does against a, an offense that is more high powered and does have some players. Yeah. It's basically the special teams edge, like you mentioned, and then DJ Turner had the pick six last year. And, you know, that's kind of the story for Maryland too, is the turnovers Talia with 20 turnover or 20 interceptions in his career, uh, 11 last season. 
Um, the Michigan offense is, you know, this is kind of where they can, it doesn't really matter what the Maryland offense does to an extent if Michigan does its job against what is not a good Maryland defense and hasn't been. And I don't know if it ever will be at this point based on what I've seen in the past from Maryland. Um, you know, the front seven's okay. They have some okay players, but they allowed a lot of rushing yards in the first three games as well. They didn't play a rushing offense that ranked better than 63rd in the country, but they still are only 50th on rushing yards allowed per game. So Michigan should be able to, you know, get some push. Michigan should be able to hit some holes, regardless of whether or not Donovan Edwards is 100% or even plays. Blake Corum, uh, you know, can can get the job done there. And then J.J. McCarthy, this is a secondary that's pretty talented for Maryland, but allowed a lot of passing yards to SMU last week. Uh, it's kind of one of those things, Chris, you're right. Like, there's talent and there's athletes on this team, but they just never seem to kind of put it together. And, and that's never, Yeah, and, and a, it's a big part of it. And they never seem to put it together, and they never seem to put it together for a full 60 minutes. So that's kind of, you know, gives you optimism if you're Michigan. But J.J. McCarthy, again, like, I just – more snaps, more, you know, just – stuff on film from him and more situations he's in is going to benefit him down the road and will help Michigan win this game in the short term. So uh, what are you guys looking for? I know, you know, we've touched on a little bit with JJ and some of the offensive stuff, but in terms of Michigan's offense, what it's going to be able to do against a Maryland defense that doesn't really look that great. Yeah. You sling it. Right. And I, you know what? They haven't had the explosive plays in the running game, but this might be one of those games where, okay, you do a few different things and show a few different wrinkles that you haven't shown in the first three weeks and you spring one of those. So uh, I think that's very possible. Got to keep JJ McCarthy clean. You cannot yes. have Trente Jones cannot be giving up sacks, cannot be giving up pressure. You cannot allow blindside pressure on this kid. And, and we know that McCarthy can get away from pressure, but he needs to stay healthy. So that's number two. And I want to see more receivers involved, guys. It doesn't need to just be Ronnie Bell, Cornelius Johnson. You know, get, let's target some of the tight ends here a little bit. Uh, if Donovan Edwards is healthy, we saw what he did last year against Maryland. So you open up the playbook and uh, they never they never adjusted last year. That was the interesting part of it. You would think after a few times, you know, hey, keep an eye on that kid. Who is that number seven? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Who's this guy? Where'd he come from? I don't know, but you better cover him. So uh, to me, that's where I think Michigan will have success. I think they'll have some chunk plays in this game that we haven't seen yet in both the running game, maybe the passing game with some guys that we haven't seen before. I'd sure like to see Andrew Anthony, for example, get involved. Yeah. All of the above there would love to see, would love to see definitely Andrell is a guy that I, I still have circled as someone who, it seems like he's gotten the playing time, but we just haven't seen the targets. Uh, you know, he's gotten in on a few blocks down the field, but you would think the longer that JJ is out there with the relationship that those guys had um, coming home after night games and getting practice in at two o'clock in the morning, uh, those guys have a rapport. I think that that will be something that they kind of, um, you know, unlock with him. AJ Henning, we saw more of him last week for the first time this year. So starting to dip a little bit deeper into the, the wide receiver bag of tricks. Um, you know, they have a lot of mouths to feed on offense still. And the nice thing about what they're able to do and something that I think they'll, I mean, the, Maryland is last I checked, I think 107th in the country in pass defense. If you're looking to open things up, whether it be, you know, let Maryland play their safeties back. All right. Well, we'll dink and dunk and take the checkdowns like you saw last week against UConn. Or uh, if they play up like Hawaii did, you're going to get beat deep. I think uh, most of Michigan's wide receivers should be able to win their one-on-ones there. So like I said, barring a complete and total self-destruction offensively or an injury to the quarterback position, which again, knock on wood, we're not this certainly something that can't happen now. Um, I just think Michigan's going to be able to get whatever they want offensively. And, 
you know, another big game probably coming for Blake Quorum as well. I, I could easily see this being a game where they put up, you know, 500 plus yards of offense. Yeah. And they kind of should. Um, let's uh, get to our picks. I know that um, mine has already been revealed at least half of it. Sorry. In terms of Maryland. No, you're good. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about prize picks. Football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at prize picks. Prize picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, prize picks is the perfect game for you. It's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, this week, I have Talia Tagovailoa, more than three and a half rushing yards. He averages 7.7 rushing yards per game. Michigan hasn't been getting a ton of sacks. I think that could help him out. And then I also have Delvin Cook against the Lions, more than half of a rushing touchdown. He always seems to tear us up there. Um, our producer Hutch has J.J. McCarthy more than 255 and a half passing yards and Clemson running back Will Shipley more than 77 and a half rushing yards against Wake Forest, which does not have a great defensive front. Uh, what do you guys have this week, Chris and Anthony? Uh, I've got J.J. McCarthy more than the 255 yards, 255 and a half. I think he's going to get a lot, like I said, some of those chunk plays. I think you're going to see the running backs have some rip off some big ones again. We saw it again, what Donovan Edwards did. And then Mohamed Ibrahim, I have less than 137, I believe it is, 137.5. Let's check it out here. I think it was 127.5. Yes, I have them less than that. And I think that I think Michigan State's run defense is still pretty solid. So and I think that you're going to see I think you're going to see Minnesota try to take advantage of that awful uh, Michigan State secondary and, and throw the ball a little bit more. Yeah, this week for me, I'm going to keep it into the game that we've been previewing here. I'm going with J.J. McCarthy to have more than two and a half passing plus rushing plus receiving touchdowns. Uh, any basically combined touchdowns, total touchdowns for him. I think that he'll have four touchdown passes. I do think that you'll start to see them back off of the QB run game just a little bit. And then I'm going with uh, Rakeem Jarrett in this game, less than four and a half receptions. Michigan was able to hold him to two catches for 20 yards in that game last year. I think that he's going to be the guy that gets the main focus. And, you know, the the secondary, well, really, it's a it's a quartet now. Uh, DJ Turner, Jamon Green, Mike Sainer, still Will Johnson all have really strong coverage grades right now. I mean, Jamon Green is, is one of the best corners in college football at the moment. So can't say they'll hold Maryland in check because we don't know what those guys truly are yet, but I think that they'll find a way to take Jarrett out of the game. So less than four and a half catches for Rakeem Jarrett is my other pick. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100 if you deposit 50. Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Um, our predictions for this game Michigan, a 17 point favorite over under at 64 and a half. As Chris mentioned, I have Maryland scoring 31 points. I got a weird feeling about this. And part of that 
is that I will be not at the game this weekend. I will be at a wedding. No fall weddings. I know it's the law, but when you are in the wedding and you didn't schedule it, sometimes just the way it works out. So I know people are giving me a hard time on the message board, which is warranted because I would do the same exact thing. Um, and there's a family history here of anytime there's a family wedding or event or something like that, Cordell Stewart, Hail Mary. Uh, there has been Michigan losing 12-10 at Iowa. My dad was giving me the rundown earlier. There's one more that was a pretty big upset. Um, so anytime there's something like that, things get a little weird. They've escaped a couple games close. I think that's what's going to be here. I still have Michigan winning by 11, 42-31. think Maryland has some success offensively early, and then Michigan kind of turns it up, maybe gets a turnover. Similar to last season, but not quite the blowout, maybe not the special teams touchdown but Michigan still gets out with a win. They move on. They head to Iowa. What do you guys have? I got Michigan 48 to 20. I don't think Maryland's going to stop them. I think Maryland will have some success early. Michigan will make some adjustments and it'll be like most of the other Maryland games, right? There'll be a couple big plays, maybe a big special teams play, maybe a punt block, maybe a punt return. So, but I like Michigan comfortable 48 to 20 and uh, move on to next week. Yeah, I've got Michigan winning 45 to 20. So if we're in that situation late in the game, uh, going to be you know there'll be some clenching going on in the press box between myself and balancing who wins the staff <laughs> yeah. pick um you know the last time clayton you speaking about some some rough games when you have family weddings the last time that i missed a game to a family well the last two times i missed games due to prior obligations was the Rutgers game last year and the northwestern game in 2018 where i think they went down what 17-0 right off the bat so yep. there's something to that uh this this not an attitude that, oh, well, it's the so-and-so game. Don't worry about it. So there's, I'm a little weary now, or a little, a little weary of the fact that you won't be there, uh, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I do have Michigan winning comfortably. I think that, again, like I said before, Maryland doesn't win these type of games under Mike Loxley. Uh, they're also offensively coordinated by Dan Enos, who had a office uh, slightly longer in Ann Arbor than, uh, then Bob, Bob Shoup. Bob, no, that's where I was going to go, but I didn't know <laughs> if it would make sense. Um, Makes sense to me. Yeah, former uh, former Central Michigan head coach who uh, big timed me at a recruiting event. So don't have uh, <laughs> a lot of nice things to say about him. But uh, yeah, I, I expect Maryland to put some drives together. They're going to score some points, but I think Michigan is just too just that much more talented on both sides of the ball. And you know, th these guys, this is a pretty self aware group too. These guys have heard all the crap about they haven't played anyone. So the goal they'll probably win this game comfortably. The goalpost will move again because it's just Maryland, right? But we know we know how that goes. Uh, the next couple of weeks are a dimmer switch for them. You got Iowa next weekend. You go to Indiana after that, which is always a weird physical football game. And uh, then you got Penn State in mid-October. So you can only do it one step at a time. Uh, I think this team is focused and they will have uh, a rather thorough victory this weekend. Yeah. And, and it's, I like the attitude of this team too, where, you know, they don't care that they're getting criticized for the schedule. Even Blake Corum's like, we don't know how good this offense is. You know, we'll, we'll see um, how things kind of shake out. And it's kind of the same theme as last season early on when they were like, we haven't done anything yet. That was kind of the theme. And I, you know, so I like the mentality of this Michigan team, how they're kind of approaching that. But um, those are picks uh, offensive player of the game. I, I have to go with Blake Corum. I feel like I've, uh, I've picked him, I think, three out of four now, but it worked out last week with the five touchdowns, tying the single-game Michigan record. A lot of St. Francis, uh, Baltimore St. Francis guys on the field. 
on Saturday with uh, you know a lot of those guys from Maryland. Maryland, as I mentioned earlier, that run defense, not great. And I think Blake will have a, a pretty big day. Who do you guys have standing out on the offensive side? I'm going with McCarthy against that defense. I think he's going to have another big game, uh, both running and passing. They aren't going to run him as much probably, but I can see him scoring a touchdown or two. And uh, it's certainly a big day throwing the ball. As long as they keep him clean and they better. Uh, my bold predictions have been O for this year anyway, so why not just keep it rolling? Uh, I think Andre Anthony has the breakout game uh, on Saturday, so I'm going to go with him to have uh, five catches and a touchdown. You pick. remember your picks? I don't have, have a clue what I picked for any other previous games. So. That I, <laughs> right. I, I remember the losers just as much as the winners. Okay, all right. What's so. next? Defensive player of the game. I have DJ Turner. He had the big game against Maryland last year, obviously with the pick six. Been a little quiet so far this year. One, he hasn't played a ton. You know, the starters really haven't on defense. And it's kind of good at times to be quiet as a corner. I mean, you you saw the scoop and score from him. But I think, he'll, you know, I'm not going to predict an interception like I feel like I have every week with somebody. But I will say I think he's going to play well against a pretty good uh, Maryland receiving core. I think Junior Colson's going to have a huge day. I think you're going to see him both in the passing game and coverage and stopping the run. I think he's going to have a ton of tackles. So I'm going with Junior. Uh, that kid keeps getting better every week. Yeah, this week I'm going to go with Mike Morris, a, a guy that you know someone on the board had said earlier, or I think it was in our chat, someone asked who the guys that will kind of emerge as like the top edge guys on the team now that things are kind of going to get dialed back a bit. Uh, I think Mike Morris has has very quietly been – been good uh, for this team and I think that he's gonna have a big game um, don't have a reason for it just a hunch again we know how much those are worth around these parts but uh, I think Mike Morris will have a couple sacks on Saturday that's fair it's gonna be interesting to see what Mike Elson does we know he likes to rotate you know Notre Dame guys said that he did the same thing at Notre Dame but is he gonna kind of pare things down a little bit as things go forward you would want to in my opinion especially when it comes to the edge so these guys can kind of set up moves throughout a game and stuff like that but that will be something to watch. I think Mike Morris could have a good game as well. Um, let's move on to – we're going to pick three games here. No no Man Knows the Future is the name of this segment. And, you know, it's just total proof of that, being that me and Anthony both picked Nebraska to cover the spread last week against Oklahoma. Uh, that hand up. I'll be the first to admit that was that was wrong. Got that one wrong. As it turns uh, out, their issues were systemic and not just solved by you guys one just guy took- leaving. You took away all my joy of being able to rub that in your face. That's the only thing I, I know. Remember. I That's wanted to get ahead of that from last week. Nice I want. I wanted to get ahead of that story. Way to go, so, guys! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never turn a one-day story into a exactly. two-day story. Unless so. you're the other guy who won, and then you know, then you want it to yeah exactly. blow out coverage of this exactly. terrible pick by us. So, right. All um, right. What's the first game? Yeah, the first game is Wisconsin at Ohio State. Ohio State nineteen-point favorites at home. Uh, Wisconsin's defense has still been pretty good. Offense has been not so good um, and will maybe improve throughout the season, but it's just so hard to pick against Ohio State in some of these games. Some of the spreads always look so big. I know they didn't cover the number against Notre Dame, but I'll take them to win by, I guess, three touchdowns or more against uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, I got 38-17 as my bonus pick and staff picks this week, so I think that's 21 points, and that would mean they would cover. So I think they'll score a little couple late and pull away. Maybe if Wisconsin can run the ball somehow a little bit and shorten the game, they don't get there, but I think they do. Yeah, I, I – just an uh, inside look at what my betting picks will look like this week. I think I'm going to take the under in this game when it ultimately go, uh, is put to print, so to speak. But I, I do think Ohio State will cover that number. I could see this being like a 
31-13 type of game. I do think that the Ohio State defense is much improved. Um, I think that Wisconsin's Jim Leonard is one of the more brilliant minds in college football when it comes to putting a game plan together. So I, I think this will be a bit of a slugfest, but Ohio State pulls away late and covers the number. Next game is – there you go. You got the L there for Wisconsin. <laughs> Next game is Minnesota at Michigan State. Michigan State three-point home underdogs over under 51. Um, tough one to pick. And Michigan State's got the motivation coming off of a loss, embarrassing loss, at Washington where Michael Penix just tore them up. That secondary looks terrible. As Mel Tucker said, he is a horse S coach uh, because he's in charge of coaching the cornerbacks, comes to find out. Um my worry with this game is one that Michigan state coming home, maybe they'll reset a little bit and two Minnesota's best receivers out and they rely on the run quite a bit. And Michigan state is Chris. I think you said it earlier in the show uh, with the prize picks where their front seven to me is still pretty good. Minnesota averaging 53 rush attempts per game. That's the third most in the country. They are going to pound the rock. And I think Michigan state might be able to stand up to that. So I got Maryland winning by like one or two points. Or, I mean, uh, Minnesota winning wow, by one or two points. Slip. Boy, you know where his mind is. So. Yikes. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, uh, you know what? I, I think Minnesota's going to win. I think if they uh, if they were completely healthy. Is Jaden Reed playing for Michigan State? Not sure. Yeah. So, regardless, I, I think Minnesota's a better football team. Um, but Michigan State playing at home, you got row the boat against deep water or whatever the hell they call it in there in the student section. So I think uh, I think row the boat comes away with a with a probably about a, a six point win. Let's go something like 24 to I don't know. Maybe we'll go something like 24, 17, seven point win. 24, right. 20, maybe 24, 20. All right. I'm going to throw some numbers your way because this is my lock of the week. Uh, Minnesota is 6-0 against the spread in its last six games. They are 7-1 against the spread in their last eight games against Michigan State. 7-1 against the spread in their last eight games on the road. And 6-1 against the spread in their last seven games when playing on the road against Michigan State. Wow. I think Minnesota covers this number. I think that Minnesota wins by, you know, it doesn't matter. They just have to cover it. But I have a feeling that Michigan State's about to get punched in the mouth again, and it's going to start to get a little little chaotic in East Lansing. So I'm going Minnesota. That's my lock of the week. Wow. Okay. I'll take it. I mean, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, last game, the primetime game of the weekend, 7 p.m. kick, Fox Sports 1, Iowa at Rutgers in Piscataway. Rutgers seven and a half point underdogs at home. The over under at a whopping 34 points. This is going to be a track meet. This is going to be an exciting game. Iowa, uh, there's been 54 total points scored in Iowa games so far this season. They've played three games, folks. 27 of those points were from Iowa last week. Um, so if anything, just keep an eye on the, the total points in this game. I got Rutgers at least covering this, this seven and a half here at home. Iowa, it's tough to cover spreads when you, you can't score. So, Yeah, I've got Iowa 19, Rutgers 13. I don't know how they get there, but they've been creative all year in that respect. So let's go with that. This game stinks. My God. <laughs> I, 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 I'll I go with Rutgers covering just because I don't think either team will score enough to win by seven points or seven and a half points. So yeah. Um, Gross. Just disgusting that this – I would have picked any other game on the slate than this. This is gross. 
It was the only other Big Ten game. It was like I was in the Big Ten opening weekend type of mood. So there's yeah. like either that or some random SEC game. I know Tennessee, Florida is on the slate, but it, it um, is objectively funny. So yeah, I mean the 34 was like okay, I got to mention this, but um, there you have it. Those are our picks uh, for this week, and enjoy the game, everybody. Michigan versus Maryland at noon on Fox. Big noon kickoff, and we'll see everyone next week.